Beverly Bilbo, and I would like to welcome you to our broadcast. We are so honored to have a dear friend with us today, Trudy Hurley. She's been uh, one of my best friends for many, many years. We've been able to be connected in each other's lives. And um, she also directs our children's ministry at Praise Church of New Orleans. And you possibly have seen her on many videos that we have released on our YouTube channel, also on our Facebook and our website, praisechurchoflouisiana.com where you could hear her teaching. And I encourage you, gather your children, let them watch some of these powerful teachings she's done. But right now, as we enter the month of February, we're focusing on relationships. And for years, in fact, sometimes uh, Timothy's, uh, Timothy and Trudy together, her husband and her together have hosted in their home Bible studies on relationships. They have a passion to see people grow in the areas of their relationships. And so I asked her if she would come and be with us during the month of February. And we're going to be presenting several different teachings to you that she's going to deliver that she normally delivers in our church setting um, to help people in their areas of relationships. Now, let me just say this from the onset. We're not just going to be dealing with the topic of marriage, although that is going to be a highlight in a lot of her teaching that's coming forth. But when you take the principles that she brings forth they can be applied in every relationship of your life with your Absolutely. with your parents with your siblings with your co-workers with your children and with your friends and some of you maybe you're in between relationships right now maybe you don't want another relationship with another a spouse maybe you've been divorced or i i don't know what your setting is but all of us have relationships and we've got people in our life and it, we always need to stop and reassess things and kind of check ourselves and make sure we're giving a hundred percent in the relationship so as we go into this broadcast today just want to remind you that we'll be coming to you this week with our regular ministry as well as offering these teachings, I encourage you to hit the share button. You know somebody that needs to be encouraged in the area of their relationships. And we want to bring this teaching to them because we want to help them. We want to help them be healed. We want to help them grow and, and to be able to seek God about how they put together their future relationships. So help us out, share these messages with others. And Trudy, we're so honored to have you with us. And I don't want to take any more time. I'm just going to turn it to you for you to begin sharing whatever you've got in your heart that you want to share today. Thank you, Beverly, my sweet friend. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in. Basically, totally what Beverly said, these principles are basic principles that can be applied to every relationship in your life, to a mother, father, to a friend, to uh, your children especially. So they're general principles, but then we're going to hone in on some real husband and wife principles that are literally change and transform your marriage. They were things that I didn't know about. I, I had grown up in a certain, you know, in a single home and never seen happily married couple. And But even if you grew up in a home and saw a happily married couple, there are still a million things that, that you just don't even realize that you're doing that may be damaging spiritually to your spouse and it's causing a breakdown in your marriage. And you may not even realize it. Sometimes we think, oh, as long as we love each other, it's gonna make everything okie-dokie. But there are, are trigger points that we just don't realize. And I am not coming from, a, a, I don't wanna sit here before you and say that I have any kind of clinical degree or any professional 
Uh, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a professional in any way. But I have been, my marriage has been to the bottom and back. So if that gives me any sort of expertise, I am the top banana because <laughs> I have made every conceivable mistake known to mankind. And I feel like we've come back out on top. So that's what we're going to share today. Some basic principles, and then we'll get into some real nitty gritty details in the, in the following sessions. I'd like to start off by saying you know, when, when, when two people get married and, you know, when you're going through that dating and then you get married and everything's honky dory and we're so in love and you're, you're, you're just driven by emotion. And that's a great thing. That's why we fall in love, but we're literally dealing with one level and it's all emotional and you are consumed with that other human being. They can do no wrong. Everything is painted in, in rosy tones. You live to serve. Everything you do is for them. It's all focused on making them happy and making them, you doing things so that they love you. And that's wonderful. But researchers say that that whole emotional love only lasts for about two years. It goes through the whole dating stage, but then when you get married, that starts to wane after about two years. And our human nature, our adamic nature starts to take over and the focus starts to turn not so much from that other person that you're trying to please 24-7, but it starts to turn back into your, into ourselves. And we become a little bit more self-centered, a little bit more um, our, uh, our focus is on our self, self-preservation. Okay, now what are you doing to make me happy? Mm-hmm. And that's where the problem comes in. So many um, unrealistic expectations start to creep in at that point. We start to expect things from our spouse that are honestly not their responsibility. First and foremost, and Beverly is going to completely agree with this, we can all agree, most of us, that if you're looking to a spouse, which some people do, to fill that, you know, I'm going to say that hole in your heart. Everyone, to me, I always tell the little kids in my Sunday school class, everybody's born with a hole in their heart and they like a donut. And they are searching, searching their whole life for what is to fill that hole. Well, there's only one being on the planet that can fill that hole, and that's God. And if you don't fill that hole with God, you're going to always be searching for something, whether it's a spouse, a relationship, money, stature, popularity, something in your life, you're going to be searching, searching to fill that hole. And if you put that responsibility on a spouse, that is so not fair so unrealistic because they're never going to come up to that expectation. You're expecting unconditional love from a human being. And that's not fair because we all have our human frailties. We were all raised in different ways with different people and we all have our shortcomings. And if you're expecting them to meet all your needs and make you happy and fill your heart, that's a soulful thing. That's not a, you can't expect a human being to do that. Right. So if you're putting those expectations on your spouse, you're always going to be disappointed. Yes. They're always going to fall short from that. So your happiness, your joy, your true fulfillment in life has got to first come from God. Yes. A wonderful marriage and a wonderful relationship, whether it be a friend or a, a husband and wife, is, is just an added pleasure in life. It can take you to another level. It's a wonderful thing to have a wonderful relationship with your spouse or a great relationship with your best friend. It's a wonderful thing, but it, nothing can take the place of that relationship with God. So if you're putting put that responsibility on your spouse, you're going to always be disappointed. 
And we all did have done that. I did that in a big way. I was raised with a single mom. And so when I got married, I shifted all that to my poor husband and expected him to make me happy. At this point in time, we were baby, baby Christians, and I didn't have it all together. He didn't either. And I expected him to make me, and when he couldn't, and he fell short of that, I blamed him. Of course, that's our first reaction yes. is to play the blame game. Yes. Because, of course, we don't want to say that we're doing anything wrong. We think we're doing everything just so, you know. But, I mean, that's the oldest game in the world, right? Uh, <laughs> Eve blamed the snake, and, and Adam blamed Eve, and, you know. So that's our first reaction right, exactly. is to blame the other person, whether yes. it be a friend or our spouse. So I played the blame game for years. I went through counseling playing the blame game, you know, telling the counselor all the terrible things that Tim didn't didn't do <laughs> and, and expecting him to say, I know, Precious, you're perfect. And Tim, well, I realized quickly that I was not precious and perfect, mm -hmm. that I was making mistake after mistake after mistake and just didn't know it. And I was putting pulling and pushing triggers that were inciting bad reactions, if you will, in Tim, but I didn't know. It was my it was what I was saying and doing that were inciting those bad reactions. Right. So then it turns into this horrible, crazy cycle where I'm, you know, and then he's right. Well now we're at a stalemate. And so it's a mess. It's a mess. Now I've come out of that mess through reading and studying books and books and going through counseling and it took a long, hard road, but we are here today to make that road shorter for you. Yes. Because if you listen, and literally you may want to get a piece of paper and a pencil, because and even in, in the subsequent lessons, I'm going to lay out for you. It's all very simple. I mean, it's not simple. Why God made us so incredibly different, the sexes, <laughs> I have no idea. When I get up to heaven, my first question is going to be, why are we so incredibly fundamentally different from our spouse. I also think, you know, not letting Moses in the promised land was a little strong, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but but uh, anyway, um, we are so fundamentally different and our needs are so fundamentally different. But when you understand that, it makes it so much easier. And we don't understand that. We can't say we understand that because we're so different we, and we think if we are moved by this or we react a certain way that we just automatically, it's our human nature to assume that that's how our friend or that's how our spouse is feeling about the same situation or reacting the same. We have no idea that their thought process is completely different from ours. Right. So that's when we get into we don't understand each other and we don't understand where each other is coming from that we get into that stalemate situation. Um we're going to talk a teeny bit about emotional love and intentional love. That's where I talked about the emotional love, where it's the dating and you're madly in love and everything's wonderful. I remember Garland, maybe a year or so ago, did a wonderful sermon on it being intentional. And we've heard that before. He said, made a funny story about he tripped and fell. Not that that was funny. I mean, <laughs> that's not funny at all. But he made it funny. He made the story funny. And what he was saying was he tripped and fell because he wasn't being intentional in his step. And if we're not intentional um, in our marriage, in our relationships, we're going to we're going to we're just going to cruise through. And you may say, you know what, that's why I got married. I got married because I wanted to just relax and I wanted this to be something easy in my life. I mean, I have to work, I, you know, I have enough stuff to worry about. I'd like my relationship just to be the easy part of my life. 
okay, if you want to cruise through your relationship and through your marriage, you can, but it's never going to be awesome. Mm. To be awesome, you've got to work every single day. Yes. And we understand that in every other facet of life. We both, we all have jobs. We go to our job. We work our rear end off mm -hmm. at those jobs to, to get promotion, to do better, to get higher, to get more pay. Well, why wouldn't that be the same with our relationships? Right. You have to hone your craft. You have to get better. You have to study. You have to listen to these lessons. You have to read. You have to research. You have to try. You have to put forth effort. If you have a boss that's maybe a little, a little aggravating, you have to work with that boss and massage that situation so that you get on the good side of that boss to get a better reaction from that boss. Why do we understand that so easily? But when it comes to our own marriage, it seems so much more difficult. Mm -hmm. But the same principles hold true. We have to work hard, hard, hard at our marriage and we have to massage the situation to get the reactions, to get the love, to get the respect from our spouse that we desire for our life. So if we understand that, how easy that is in other principles, we can apply that principle to our marriage and it's gonna make things so much easier. But it's an easier way to think about it, you know? Um, sometimes, if, if, you know, I often say, if everybody wants to be, um, uh, everyone wants a great marriage, but no one wants to put in the work. In, in Like everyone wants to be a, a concert pianist, but no one wants to put in that kind of practice, mm -mm. okay? I mean, you ask any musician, they have to practice daily and put in sacrifice time right. to put into that their craft to develop and become incredible. And so why wouldn't we think we have to practice and put in the time and put in the uh, sacrifice other things maybe? And what those other things are in a relationship is often, I hate to say it, but it's pride. Sometimes we have to push down our prideful nature and let that other person, you know, to give to that other person when maybe they're not being so lovely and so wonderful to us, but we have to push that down. I also often refer to the time when Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Marriage is all about service. And if you remember that story, when Jesus bent down on his knees and with a pan of water and, and a rag and washed each one of the disciples' filthy feet, can you imagine the love and respect that those disciples felt for Jesus at that point? It must have been incredible. It mu it, first of all, it was totally, uh, they were shocked by it, that he, you know, the Son of God, would kneel down before them and do something so service-oriented. I mean, they should be washing his feet, right? Right. But he bent down, lowered himself, not lowered himself because we, that's how we see it. You know, yeah. oh, if I become subservient to my husband or my wife, you know, then I'm a doormat. Well, it's not that at all. You're, you're having a servant's heart. We're so pelted by the world and the world's view of things and the world's, um, you know, the world is telling us constantly through media and everything else, don't be anybody's doormat. Don't you like anybody take advantage of you? So we, you know, our, our world nature hears that and is always, you know, we, and we put that into our own relationships, our friend relationships, our spousal relationships. Oh my God, is he trying to take advantage of me? If I, if I am, you know, servicing him in some way or servicing her, lowering myself to be a servant to that person, am I going to be a doormat? Is she going to think less of me? Is she going to respect me less? Is he going to love me less because I'm, you know, grop. Well, no, no, no. That's not what it's out of. But did they? Did the disciples love Jesus less because he 
brought the, himself to that level to, to serve them and wash their feet? A thousand times no. I don't think that there was any point in time before and after that they loved and respected him more than that point in time when he washed their feet. It was such a beautiful act of love and service. So we need to remember that. So often we say to our spouse, um, well, if he treats me a certain way, then I'll treat him that way. Or if she would do so-and-so for me, then, well, that's getting back into that pride issue. And, and now I'm talking to the ladies. Women, unfortunately, or fortunately, the weight does fall on us, I feel, a little bit more. Not to say that there are not men out there who have changed their relationships, but we do have the power, I believe, to, but just because we want, we're fixers and we want to fix. So we're going to be a little bit more attuned to wanting to fix the situation, maybe learn, maybe watch this, maybe grow, maybe do things we need to do to, um, to grow our marriage. So you may be the one that's going to have to take the first step. And it is tough. That's what kept me in such a sick relationship for so long is because I didn't want to take that first step because I felt like if he'll meet me halfway, then, well, that's not what it's all about. You have to come. You have to um, do that act of service, that attitude of service, and they will meet you at that point. But somebody's going to have to make that first move. And ladies, so often it's us. But we'll talk about that in later sessions, too, why that's easier to do, because when you do it, it's almost like magic. You see, you see things happen in the atmosphere, and when you see those little things, those little tiny changes, it'll promote you to do it more and more. So I'm going to turn it back to Beverly to close in prayer, but I hope you'll join us for the next session. We are so excited to have you sharing with us. And, you know, there were uh, some of the things I was thinking of as preparing for the broadcast today, and I was thinking about... Uh, unconditional love. And that's something that we have, and she hit on that topic a while ago about having unconditional love. And sometimes in a relationship, we're looking for that, and it's not always just readily uh, accessible there in our physical relationships. But there's one, there's one love that we have with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that is a relationship where he has unconditional love, no matter how ugly we are, no matter how many mistakes that we've made, you know, whether intentional or unintentional, you know, that we may make mistakes and wrong choices in our life. He's standing there waiting for you. And I know there are those of you watching right now and you feel like, I, I don't really have the relationship with the Lord that I'd like to have and I need him in my life. And I want to encourage you. We're going to close in prayer in just a few moments. And I'm going to pray for you. It's so simple. All you've got to do is just call upon his name and say, Lord, I have sinned. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I need you in my life. And I want you to become my Lord and Savior. And then we can take that also and we can continue in our prayer by asking him to help our relationships. And I know that there are those of you watching that you're in difficult relationships and, and you need wisdom. The Bible says that when we lack wisdom, all we have to do is go to God and say, God, I need wisdom. And he will give to you, the word says, upbraiding not. That means withholding nothing. There's a passage that says we have not because we ask not. So God just wants us to communicate with him. Come to him and say, God, I need wisdom. I have this relationship here. I love these people in my life, but I feel like I'm walking on eggshells and I don't know the right things to say. And 
I don't know how to interact to keep a peace in this relationship or even to mend the damage that I might have created. I don't know how to do that by myself, but God will help you. He's a loving father and he will help you if you just call upon him and ask him to do so. So as uh, Trudy said, we, we are going to be coming with several broadcasts dealing with relationships and she's going to continue to teach and we just want to see you walking in healthy relationships. So let's just pray together. Father, we love you. We bless your name. We thank you because we know we can call upon you at any time in any situation. Father, if there are those watching today that don't have a relationship with you, Lord, I ask that today would be the day they would make the most important decision of their life and they would invite Jesus Christ to come in and be the Lord. Lord of their life. But Father, we want to grow in our relationship with you and in our relationship with those that you have placed in our life. And as Trudy shared, sometimes it takes getting rid of our pride. And by ourselves, we can't do that. By ourselves, we can't have an attitude of humility. But Lord, as you work in us, we can become that person that has a spirit of humility. So God, do a deep work in us so that we can be vessels that can help bring healing and strength to the relationships you've placed in our sphere. God, we ask you to heal broken relationships for your name's sake, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you're concerned about everything that applies to us. And Lord, you're concerned about our relationships. Father, I just release blessings on each person under the sound of my voice. And I thank you in advance for miraculous intervention and turnaround on their behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you and we'll see you next time as we continue with Trudy Sharing on Relationship Series.